Well, good morning. I trust you're having a good morning. So as we continue to look at uh, how we ought to be interacting with one another and treating one another, these reciprocal plural pronouns, as we say, and uh, we continue that this morning, I don't want you to miss the truth uh, that how we conduct ourselves in here in the house of God as, as the body of Christ affects our ability out of this place outside these walls, in our, in, in our ability to reach our community and to reach the lost. Uh, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And so people ought to be able to see us and how we interact and conduct ourselves, uh, and it should represent God well. Uh, and then John 13, 35, uh, we understand that love is really the catalyst of all of this in, in, in this conduct. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love, one to another. And the scripture says, the love of Christ constraineth us. And so it, it ought to cause us to be different and to conduct ourselves different. And uh, Christ is our chief example, is he not? Uh, what an example we have in our Savior. Uh, and so I came across this commentary from the Treasury of Scripture Knowledge, and I want to read it to you. It's, it's not long, but it's not short. Um, but it's, it's the commentary on Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 through 32. And so this is how it reads. It says, The Lord Jesus is our textbook and our teacher, the schoolhouse in which we are taught, and the object lesson in which all truth is enshrined. But all is in vain unless we definitely and forever put away the old man. This is our old manners and customs insofar as they are contrary to the Spirit of Christ. With equal decision, we are called upon to seek the daily renewal of our spirit and the outward conformity of our mode of life to the example of Jesus. But it should never be forgotten that the latter will be a dry husk unless it is energized from the true vine. There can be little of Christ without unless he dwells without a rival within. Did you get that? Without a rival within. But the Holy Spirit will see to this if only we grieve him not. And then it says this, What a transformation immediately ensues, truth instead of falsehood, gentleness for anger, earnest toil for dishonesty, cleansed instead of filthy speech. If all believers were to live like this, the world would know that the Son of God has come. It is not enough that a man should believe to secure deliverance from the wrath of God. He must daily seek to attain to such resemblance of Jesus as shall make men recall him to mind. And that's a challenging thought. And so I, as we go through these, because again, today we're going to talk about kindness, but uh, one of these, these traits that ought to be in us, and we're going to do some practical application, right? I'm going to try to make it very practical. Some things that we can do or not do, perhaps, that would help us exhibit these traits. But I don't want you to forget, it's, all, it's not just because we want to be good people. It's because we want to glorify our God and honor Him and reach the lost. That's what this is about. Uh, and so here in Ephesians, we are commanded to be kind. So if you would, turn your attention to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Well, Romans, I'm not even there, sorry. One moment. <clears throat> and actually, let's, uh, just for context, let's back, back up to verse 22 and read down through the end of the chapter here. It says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, 
which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which is after God, is created uh, in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is uh, good that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed with the day, er, unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. In our text verse for today, and, and really just the first part of it, it says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day, Lord. I pray that as your word goes forth that you would touch hearts uh, only as you can, Lord. And I pray that you just work in our midst this morning. Help us to set aside the distractions of the day and the week ahead. And Lord, that you would just help us to truly focus on you and your word. And I pray that you would just draw each one near to you. Help us to leave this place more like Christ. Lord, that we would love one another more and that we would be kind. And we'll give the glory for all of it. Pray that you'd bless now in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we are. These, this verse, I remember when I was a youngster, and by youngster I mean high school aged, but I wasn't very smart. So I'll reveal something about Justin DeGarmo that I think some of you might know. But I was getting in trouble in high school, and uh, my dad knew I was headed down the wrong path, and so he said, we're going to homeschool you, and he got these things called paces. What is this? And of course, it was uh, accelerated Christian education, and he was going to homeschool me. And I was gonna, really, I was going to homeschool myself, and it didn't work. But in those paces was this verse all the time. And if we're not careful, the, we tend to think that these verses. Well, let me back up. I wasn't very smart. I left this part out. So I was in my ninth grade year, but I was doing like fifth and sixth grade work because the way when I did the test, the ACE does. I was just like the. Not very smart. And so my high school years were hard because that's where I started, and I still had to do all that to get there. Now, they were easy. I just, I don't, I don't know why, because I could just, I could do the, I could take the test at the end of the pace before doing the work just because the information was there. I don't know when I took the test. I don't know. Anyway, but I, I think back to those times, and we often think that these are verses for young people. Uh, we tell our children, be kind, be tender hearted. Be forgiving. And, and sometimes we forget that these things are for us. Uh, we emphasize that with our children, and we ought to. We ought to be training our children uh, in, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I'm not saying those things are wrong, but uh, listen, we need this admonition just as much as the five-year-old that's throwing a tantrum and being rude to their sibling. Uh, because if we're not careful within this body, we can be very rude. To each other. Look at verse 31. It says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Those are things that we can tend to have on. We can be bitter toward one another. Uh, we can begin to clamor and, and to speak evil of each other. And it says, That ought not be so, but we ought to be kind one to another. We ought to be tender hearted. We ought to be compassionate. And it says, Forgiving. And so I think all this. Really, the kindness in, in the tenderheartedness leads to forgiveness. But we're going to talk about forgiveness next week, and maybe we'll, 
we'll wrap it up into a better package. Because this morning, I just want to talk about kindness. The word here, translated kind, kreostos, uh, uh, means easy, good, pleasant, or gracious. Uh, and the same Greek word is translated easy when we read in Matthew chapter 11, and it says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Lord is kind. Uh, he's gracious to us. He's patient. And we know in, in 1 Corinthians 13 that charity is kind. Uh, and so being kind is really love in action. Uh, it, it's us taking the steps and doing those things that, uh, because of our love that allows us to act gracious or pleasant or kind to other people. Uh, well, you can't obey the commandment to love your neighbor uh, without being kind. And so when, when we talk about these things, these are all wrapped up in one. Uh, sometimes we, we struggle in certain areas, but the reality is uh, all of this uh, this love and kindness and forbearing and, and all these traits that we ought to have, it's really wrapped up in one. And, and it's because we're supposed to be like our Savior. And these are the character traits of Him. But um, So I want to give you three things on ways that you can show kindness to people. Uh, so one is show concern for others. Show concern for others. others. Uh, listen, we can do that by asking questions. And, and I'm saying insincerity uh, not just because you want to get the greatest, newest, latest, juicy gossip. That's not why you're asking questions and, and showing concern for other. Listen, smart people ask questions. Uh, smart people are inquisitive. Uh, all of us have met a child, and they have a million questions. So much so you want to get to the point where it's like, all right, that's enough questions. Uh, but they're learning. And by the way, the way you respond to those questions is an indication of where you are at spiritually. So if you're being forbearing, if you're being kind and gentle and, and those things. But um, listen, we can learn much about our fellowship together if we would just ask questions. The more questions we ask, the more we learn. Where do you work? Oh, you're a welder. I had no idea. I have something that needs welding. No, I'm just kidding. It's not for self-seeking purposes. But the reality is, if we would get to know each other, we could find out we could be a greater blessing to each other than we even thought. It's about being one body. If you don't understand something, what should you do? Ask a question. Studying, seeking out things in the Word of God, you're asking the question. You're looking for answers. Uh, showing concern, it just really, you can just begin by asking a question. And how well do you know the... The church body here. Uh, I am not the most social person. I could come here, sit in a service. When the amen happens after closing prayer, I could walk out, get in my car, and go home and be content and happy. But that's not reality. Let's be honest. Uh, and so uh, we need to get to know one another. It's also how we get great advice. There's a lot of wisdom in this room. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 5, Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. So you've got to draw it out. You've got to ask questions. So a person's problems, fears, and et cetera, they're like deep water, but a wise person will draw them out. Do you want to be a blessing to our fellow members here? Sometimes you've got to draw that information out. You've got to get to know them. You've got to ask questions. 
Uh, most of you probably don't know that I have two toes stuck together. I don't know why anybody would ask me, do you have toes stuck together? But I do. But I, I, that's a funny illustration, but how well do we truly know each other? So now everybody's looking at me like, and I'm not lying. Ask all my kids and my wife. They know. <laughs> so, Proverbs 20 and verse 5. Listen, we would do well to get to know each other. There's people that are hurting in the similar way that we are, and we can encourage one another. There's people that are living in victory, and they can help us. Uh, with their experience on how they're living in victory and, and just be an encouragement and a blessing to us. Listen, but sometimes people just don't want to be a burden, so they don't, they're not going to speak up and start being the whiner. Well, I got this, I got that. And, uh, <clears throat> but sometimes you can just tell by looking at someone's face. Something's not right there. Go talk to them. Insincerity and kindness and tenderheartedness uh, not because you're trying to get the latest lowdown, but because you're truly wanting to band together as the people of God and encourage and strengthen one another. Listen, we need to be concerned for each other. So if you see someone that's hurting, go over to them and be cordial. Talk to them. Don't bring up, well, you look rough today. Uh, you know, what's on your heart? That's probably not the best way to break the, the ice, right? You know, but just start conversation. Ask them how they're doing. How are things? How's life? How's work? Whatever. And the conversation can drift into something that is more uh, deep, as the proverb says. And you might find yourself being able to be a blessing or even receiving a blessing. And so uh, get to know folks. Is everything okay? When you're asked that question, be honest. Because the flip side of that is, when somebody asks you how you're doing, I'm doing great. Fine as frog hair. And we're lying. We're not being honest with our neighbor. We're not being honest with our church family. We just need to say, you know what, actually, I'm not doing so good. Things are hard right now. And that doesn't mean you have to spill the beans on everything. But let's be honest with one another. And you, you know... Sometimes we come here, we want to be encouraged, but we don't open up and we're not transparent and open with people and then we leave here frustrated and disgruntled because nobody cares about me. It works both ways. People are, they, they need to show interest, but we also need to respond. And so if somebody is sincerely concerned for you, uh, open up. I think our churches would explode if we would just do what God has told us to do. There are people hurting in our, in our community like we don't even understand. And sometimes they even come to our church and it's just, it's weird for them and awkward for them. But if we have a kind spirit and we have tender hearts and we sincerely want to be a help and a blessing to them, I think they would feel that, the Holy Spirit could work, and we could change lives. And so, but we do need to be sincere about it. We need to be kind. Proverbs 12, 25, heaviness in the heart of man maketh it stoop, but a good word maketh it glad. Listen, just a good conversation can encourage someone. There's no better word spoken than a word of concern, they say. 
genuine concern, just our kindness and being interested in people will help cheer them up. Sometimes they just need to know that somebody actually cares. And when they, and it's like, man, I can keep on this thing. You know, the Lord is good. We, we can keep at this. And so this morning, to be kind, show concern for others. Uh, genuine concern. Uh, and then be nice to others. Uh, uh, these might be syn- synonyms, I guess, but, uh, but we need to be nice. We're living in a rude, nasty world. And sometimes we just need to be nice. Listen, the verse 31 traits should not enter our fellowship. When we see those, those traits in verse 31, bitterness and wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, and malice, those things should have no place here. Regrettably, at times they do. We get bitter at one another, speak evil of one another, but those ought not be named among us. The merciful, the merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. Proverbs eleven seventeen. It actually pays to be kind and to be nice. Uh, I came across a story of a man who went into a cafe and, and told the waitress, here's what he said, I quote, I want a cup of coffee and a donut and step on it. The waitress returned with a cup of coffee and a flat donut. The customer asked, what happened to my donut? The waitress replied, you told me to step on it. That's a funny example of this truth in Proverbs eleven seventeen. The cruel man brings trouble upon himself. How often do we bring trouble upon ourselves just because we're not kind, we're not nice, we're cruel? We raise our voice. Uh, we get out of hand quickly. Uh, listen, the first sign of losing control is when you begin to yell. Cindy and I were having a passionate conversation yesterday. We really weren't arguing. We were talking about something, and I noticed that my voice was getting a little bit louder. She didn't say a word. And I, a few sentences later, I, I calmed down and said that. Well, then later on, I was doing something, and she started raising her voice a little bit. And again, we weren't really arguing. It was, it was just, it's almost funny. But when you see these things take place in your own personal life, it's real, right? Because these things do happen. And so, but I wasn't as spiritual as her, and I pointed it out. I said, hey, you don't have to yell at me. And she said, well, when we were, and she mentioned the conversation we were having, she said, you were getting a little loud. And I was, You're not supposed to remember that. Listen, we need to be careful. You don't have to yell. When you, when you tell somebody I'm not yelling, what do they sue? I'm not yelling! All right? When we lose control of the volume of our voice, we lose, often lose control of our words. And anger or clamor begins to come. In verse 31, if you look at that word, word clamor, we ought to put that away. This, it really means yelling or vehement expressions of feelings, often in demanding something or requiring something or complaining to clamor. And uh, you would do well to put away yelling in your home. Uh, Cindy and I have made it a point to try not to ever do that in front of our boys. Uh, there was one time where I was of great offense. And I'm saying that seriously. I'd screwed up. 
And Cindy, we went to the garage, and the concern was greater than just the garage, so we got in the car in the garage because we were pretty, pretty heated. Uh, but we didn't want our boys to hear that. Not because we're fake and we don't want them to understand that there's disagreements at times, but we were not necessarily handling things well at the time. And, and so, listen, we would be do, do well to get that out of our home. Uh, remember Proverbs twelve eighteen. There is that speaketh like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. Listen, when we get loud and, and angry, those words can hurt. Uh, and it oftentimes starts very simple. Just by not being kind. We've just lost our cool and we're not being nice anymore. But we need to be careful. Listen, they can hurt worse than any physical blow. Words can. Uh, they can last, the, the pain of a word can last a lifetime. Kind people do not use harsh or sharp words as swords. There is that speaketh like the piercing of a sword... But the tongue of the wise is health. Our words ought to minister health. They, might have, they ought to edify. And listen, I get it. There are difficult times in relationships. Uh, but if we would handle it in a Christ-like manner, uh, those difficulties would be overcome much more quickly. Uh, we wouldn't go into uh, periods of, of frustration or arguments uh, because we're just being kind to each other. Number three this morning, be intentional. Being kind does not come naturally. I think we've talked about that a little bit over the last few weeks. That in our, in our nature, in our carnal nature, the natural thing is not to be kind. The natural thing is not to be forbearing and to love and to be pleasant. The natural thing is uh, selfish and sinful. Look at verse 22. It says that he put off concerning the former conversation the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So that's the natural state that we would uh, be filled with, uh, with sin in, in unkindness. So we need to be very intentional. Focus on the results of kindness. Being kind is, is a very effective tool. Look at Romans chapter 2 and verse 4. It says this, Romans uh, 2, 4, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. That word goodness there is the same Greek word translated kind in our passage in Ephesians. It's the same word. Uh, the goodness or the kindness of God leads us to repentance. Have you ever been somewhere frustrated? You know, you, you go to an establishment and you've been, mis- maybe you were wronged. Uh, and and you're, you're at a, a customer service counter um, I've been there, and I've been frustrated. And the worst is if you're at a customer service counter in the military. Because those clowns, there's like no accountability, whatever. They just, whatever. I messed up your pay. You didn't get paid this month. Well, we'll make it right two months from now. You know, and, and that could be a very frustrating situation, right? And so you go to this customer service place, and, and you're heated, and you're frustrated. This has happened to me before. And, and you're just demanding stuff. And you're being very rude, inconsiderate. You're not being kind. You're not showing uh, the uh, example of our Savior as a, as a believer, as a Christian ought to. 
Maybe it's only me. You guys are perfect, I guess. I don't know. But I've been in this situation, and the person on the other side of that counter is professional. And they are kind. I'm about ready to flip over the desk. And like, well, sir, I, I apologize for that. You know, let's see what we can do. And that's when the, the conviction starts. But you're st- I'm not letting this go. And so you just continue to be short and, and frustrated. And they just continue to be kind. And guess what happens by the end of that conversation? Just the, the garment was leaving that place saying, thank you so much. You, because their kindness caused me to act differently. The goodness of God leads thee to repentance. Oftentimes, if we were just kind to our children, kind to our spouse, kind to the members of the church, we would have a much greater relationship. Because remember, we'll get to it next week, we talk about tenderheartedness, that compassion for those, and it leads to forgiving one another. See, it's not all about you and and what you can get out of a relationship and how you want your demands met and you want things to go your way. It's about being kind and preferring one another. Are you kind? If there's a difficult person in your life, just try being kind. In time, I think you'll see some improvement in that relationship. Don't return evil for evil, but be kind. Look at this. Maybe I'm getting ahead. I, I try not to get ahead of myself, especially only with 10 minutes left. But forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Listen, you, don't, you didn't deserve forgiveness. And they may not either. But you still owe them kindness because God saved you. And you ought to be acting like you ought to in the, with the body of Christ, especially. Listen, sometimes people don't deserve forgiveness, but you didn't either, so don't ever forget that. So be kind to them, even if they don't deserve it, even if they have wronged you. Did you know kindness is a part of the wardrobe of a properly dressed Christian? You wouldn't go out into the public wearing nothing but your underwear, would you? That'd be embarrassing. For you and for everyone else, right? Nobody wants to see that. You know, you'd be terrified to think of something like that. You know, you have that dream of being in public in your underwear. It's embarrassing. It's frightening. But listen, this morning in God's sight, it's just as horrifying to be, uh, for us not to be dressed in kindness. It doesn't glorify God. It doesn't bring Him the honor. It doesn't cause men to see our good works and glorify Him in heaven if they don't see kindness uh, in our characteristics. God's people are to put on or to be clothed. Actually, let's go here. We'll look at this next week too. Colossians chapter 3. I was thinking today, maybe it was yesterday, but Paul wrote these epistles to these different churches, and there's a lot of similar themes because we're all people who have the same problems. But look in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another... If any man have a quarrel against even or against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. But up there in verse five it says, "Therefore mortify your members which are upon earth, fornication." So very similar. But we ought to be clothed in kindness. In the latter part of that, in kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering. In Colossians three twelve. 
Listen, kindness is part of our basic clothing as a Christian. If we are not kind, we're not properly dressed in God's sight. As we close, so determine to be kind in private. There's no place where kindness will pay greater dividends than at home. Have you ever seen somebody that's so kind in public and then maybe you get a glimpse into their private life and they're just a jerk? I know a lot of men like that. Boy, outside the home, boy, they are a peach. Boy, just a, just a gentleman and the nicest guy to be around. But in the home, they're a jerk. Listen, man, we need to be careful. We need to be kind to our families. Uh, it really begins at home. Uh, when we talk about these one and other things and how our relationship here at the church ought to be, it starts in our homes. And it spills over. And we definitely don't want to show hypocrisy to our children. That we're a different person at home than we are in the church amongst other people because we're trying to impress them. Listen, just honestly, sincerely walk with God. And He'll change you at home and here. And it'll be far more effective than anything you can muster up in your own flesh trying to look good in front of people. Just get sincere about walking with God and honoring Him and be nice. Listen, we ought to provide for our families a kind environment at our homes. Some Christians are worse than unbelievers. I've seen it. We get frustrated, we get angry, and all of a sudden, boy, and we see that, uh, I think it was in Corinthians, those things were not so named among the Gentiles, he says. Boy, even the unbelievers aren't acting like that. We need to be careful. What a disgrace to our God. Uh, do you have a kind home? I know in, in Timothy it says that if a man doesn't provide for his house, he's worse than, worse than an infidel. I think you can carry that principle over into this as well. Boy, if you, don't, uh, if you don't treat your family kind, if you don't show the characteristics of Christ in your home, boy, it's pretty rough. It's worse than those that, that don't even know Christ. Proverbs 31, 26, She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. Proverbs 31, we often quote her as being a great model or example for women. Uh, but women should have kindness. And, and so it's always a part of their instruction in their comments at the house, moms. Uh, but I no doubt think that this would work for husbands and fathers as well. Uh, kindness. And then determined to be kind in public. And this is funny. Why that? You'll appreciate this because I saw your Facebook post about driving yesterday. And I promise this was in my notes before I saw your post. I just, I smiled when I saw your post. Um, but when the lane is closed in the highway and you know you shouldn't pass everybody, but you run up there and you want to cut off and cut into the line, you know, when there's road construction or something, or maybe at the grocery store, you know, you got a full basket and there's a person with one thing behind you, maybe you let them go. Uh, just kindness. Uh, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. 2 Corinthians 9.6 The law of sowing and reaping. Uh, 
I think if we would show kindness, uh, we would definitely in the body of Christ, if we show kindness to one another, it's going to, as I said, it's going to have an effect on the other people and they're going to start to respond in kind and be kind. But listen, I, I get it. Uh, I'm like Yvette. There's idiots on the road. And sometimes I wish I had one of those big ranch hand bulldozer bumpers. Just ram them off the road. But that's not kindness. That's not forbearing. That's not love. And so in our homes, it starts there and in our churches, but we definitely need to show the kindness out in public. And driving is a simple, funny thing to talk about because it can be frustrating at times, and we know that. But the reality is uh, that's an indication of where we are spiritually. If something as simple as a traffic jam can really send us over the top, boy, Lord, help us. When something happens in the home, when something happens in the church, how are we going to respond? And so uh, I'm not picking on you, Yvette. I, just, I thought it was funny because you, you said that yesterday. Most people don't even know what she said, but um, I wasn't Facebook stalking either. Listen, the lost world around us ought to be able to know that we are different because they see our kindness. And our kindness is a representation of our Savior. And they can look at, man, those people are different because they have Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to be a kind people. Lord, that we would, Lord, share the kindness.